Hey there, and thanks for tuning in. I've added this note to the beginning of my most recent and highest downloaded episodes to let you know of a few changes and hopefully avoid any confusion for you as listeners. You will hear me call the show Life After Business as well as reference various ventures I've been a part of over the years. When I started the show, I originally named it Life After Business because I was on a mission to learn everything I wish I would have known before we sold our family business back in 2014. And after 200 episodes and Tons of information that I've learned. I finally decided to change the name to better reflect me, the content, and the guests. One of the biggest lessons I've learned is business owners and entrepreneurs who were the happiest and most successful, in my mind, didn't focus only on sucking all the cash out of the company, and they knew the business was going to eventually continue on without them at some point in time. They literally knew exactly what they wanted from their business long term and why. They intentionally focused on building a valuable company so they could have the freedom of choices to do what they wanted from the business. So they focused on strategies that would grow value long term and give them the freedom to choose. You can learn more about the name change, my major lessons, and our definition of intentional growth in episode 200. Enjoy the episode that you're listening to right now, and thanks for being a listener. Welcome to Life After Business, the podcast that helps you understand how to increase the value of your business, what your company is worth, and what your exit options are. Host Ryan Tansom and his guests give you all the information you need to get clarity and control over your business and take pride in a valuable company that gives you freedom and choices to exit on your terms. How's everybody doing? I hope everybody is safe, healthy, managing their cash, managing their families, and just overall trying to find a silver lining in everything that's going on. I have a really good episode here today that is going to be extremely actionable. Tons of confusion out there about the CARES Act, and everybody's trying to talk to their bankers, talk to their CPAs, talk to their attorneys, anybody they can get their hands on. And today, I've got Jim Stelton, who is a partner at Bergen KDV. They are close to a 500-employee CPA business advisory firm here in Minnesota. They got nine locations across the Midwest, and they have spent days since it was approved on Friday tearing through the documents, reading them, collaborating together, refining it, and they have a cheat sheet that we are going to be going over. So Jim, my partner Pat Hobby, and I are going to be going over over the next 45 minutes. It's also a webinar. So on this link, you can go, you can watch it, you can have the download, the download link is right there where you can get the cheat sheet. And then we're going to continue to add links about the CARES Act and any of the additional resources from forms, anything that we can get our hands on, we're going to continue to add to it. It's changing by the minute. Money's being printed. They're trying to get in the hands of business owners. So here's what we're going to be covering in this 45 minute episode that is also a webinar. We're going to be talking about the $350 billion that is now the CARES Act, and it's going to be getting into small business owners, and it's called the Paycheck Protection protection plan and the economic injury disaster loan, which is idle. And we're going to be talking about the interpretation that Jim and his firm have on the difference of the two diff- of the two programs, what it means to you. We're going to be talking about what's going on in the market in the last few weeks and what this means to you since this bill has been signed into, into law, who qualifies for each the PPP and then the idle, and then why you should be going one direction versus the other. We're going to talk about in detail how to apply for both programs, and then what's going on with bankers. I mean, even since we recorded this, we've been reaching out to bankers, and some bankers aren't even accepting phone calls of people that are not their clients. We had one banker that we talked to that they expect 100,000 applications inside the next, like I think it was like the next month, and that is over a year's worth of volume for them. So there's a lot of activity going on right now. We're gonna be talking about the loan amounts available in each program and how it's calculated, how to deploy your funds and where to use the proceeds to make sure that it's qualified and valid for the loan, what loans are forgiven and how, the interest rates, terms and deferments in each program, ways to access the emergency grant money as soon as possible, which is up to 10,000 bucks, what loans are personally guaranteed and which ones are not, and then options that are available for current SBAs that you have in place that have options on how to defer and work with the six months, up to six months of payments. There's a lot of money being deployed over the next couple of months. I think you need to get your ducks in a row and submit your application right away. Get reach out to us, reach out to Bergen KDV, any advisors that you can get your hands on to get help. 
Here's my big takeaway is you got to get your stuff in order. There's going to be documents we're going to be reviewing about what you need to have together to submit your application. Do all this, get the people on your team to submit this, and then take care of yourself. And what we mean by that is build your 13-week cash flow statement, revise your 2020 forecast the best you can, have conversation with all your stakeholders, the people that you owe money to and the people that are that owe you money, Lean on your closest advisors and build a defensive plan for the next 90 to 120 days and then start working on a strategic plan to get you out of this crisis and then capitalize on the opportunities when the new norm settles in. How Pat and I and Arcona can help is we are almost done with our 13-week cash flow statement module. It's going to be a digital module in a course that is going to have the template on how to put together the cash flow statement, how to get your staff to help out, how to have conversations with the suppliers, vendors, bankers, and really just to dive in to get your hands around what does the next 90 days look like. We're going to have a coaching call with people that are uh, open to having a coaching call and want some help on how to fill this out. And then we're going to be able to lean people into the intentional plan. Once you build your defensive strategy, how do you get intentional to capitalize on the opportunities after this, which is our digital intentional growth course, which is almost done. It's got 40 some videos, all the exercises, valuations, and tons of material that'll help you focus on what you need to do once you get out of this. So without further ado, here's Jim Stelton and the Carousel. Sponsored by Arcona's Growth and Exit Boot Camps. Two days jam-packed with material on the five growth and exit principles and the world of mergers and acquisitions. You'll walk away knowing exactly what steps to take to get your target valuation and your best exit option. Two days at Arcona's Boot Camp will give you the clarity to control the rest of your journey as an entrepreneur. Alrighty, so we are here. We're going to be talking about uh, COVID-19 and the CARES Act. And we've got Jim Stelton from Bergen KDV and Pat Hobby from Arcona and myself. And, you know, there's a lot of noise going on out there and there's a lot of people with a lot of questions to the point where it's crashed websites and you know, all the advisors that are out there are trying to figure things out themselves as well. Um, Jim here is, uh, I know that he sat down and started reading the, the documents uh, inside and out over the last week. So, we're going to be having a good uh, overview of what's in the heart of it and some of the actual things that people can be doing these days. And so, Pat, why don't you kind of give a, a, kind of a, an agenda of what we're going to be covering? Sure. So we're going to have Jim introduce himself here in a few minutes and tell us a little bit about his experience and, and what they're doing at Bergen KDV. And then we're going to go through a couple of the more significant programs that were included in the CARES Act, the Paytech, Paycheck Protection Program and the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. These are, these are a couple of really significant programs that were included in the legislation. A lot of businesses are gonna need financial help over the next few months. They need it right now. Um, and, and they pushed this through and it got signed, I think last Friday. Um, so it's really important. Um, while there's still some regulations that need to come out and some guidance that needs to come out, um, Jim and, and some of his partners have been up literally through the nights reading this, I think, 800-page uh, uh, bill that was signed. And, and they've distilled a lot of the information on a couple of the programs that are really important to business owners. And Ryan and I wanted to get with them and, and be able to share some of this information. It's not going to be every single piece of information that people need, but it's going to, um, we've been through it. And it's a great overview of what a, these two programs are. We're really looking forward to Jim sharing his uh, information on this. So with that, Jim, why don't you introduce yourself, a little bit about your background, a little bit about your firm. Yeah, thanks guys for letting me uh, spend some time with you this afternoon. Uh, it has been a whirlwind of uh, activity here over the last uh, week and a half, and has changed uh, a lot of our worlds in a significant way. So <clears throat> my, back, my, my um, title is a um, business value creation partner with a firm means I get out and I work with our clients and look for ways to impact their business through what we do or through someone like Pat and Ryan. Um, and so it's a fun role. I've uh, been with the firm for 11 years. Prior to that, I was CFO of a couple companies and I ran a retailer for five years. And in my former life, I was a CPA. And our firm is um, Bergen KDV. Today, we have nine offices um, in the Midwest. We serve clients in all 50 states. We have 15,000 clients and they're all uh, middle market type clients across manufacturing, construction, uh, professional service, nonprofit, 
um, construction and real estate, and a couple other industries. And it's so, a traditional CPA firm with assurance and tax, but also business advisory and other aspects of that. People outside of maybe the the Midwest might not might, might not know Bergen KDV. Yeah, um, thanks for that, uh, Pat. Uh, Eleven years ago, ninety five percent of what we did was CPA, and today, what uh, it's it's fifty uh, percent CPA. And um, over the years, what we've been doing is focusing on ways that we could impact businesses in the finance area, um, human capital management, and HR area, and IT. So there's 26 different things that we do, which would include CPA type services. Um, we also have payroll and human capital management systems that we install for companies um, from 25 people to 10,000 people. Uh, 401k investment advisory management. Uh, we have a turnaround business that can help companies that are um, potentially teetering on or going into bankruptcy as well. That's so great. I was, ahead, say, so I was gonna say, so with that kind of exposure with your sheer amount of clients and the different uh, service categories, before we kick into some of the actual meat of what uh, people can get into, what are you seeing out there? What are you hearing? Kind of what, what's kind of the state as uh, Bergen's been viewing it? Yeah, um, last week I, um, I facilitated three town hall meetings and I was in another town hall meeting and then through client contact, including calls over the weekend, um, got a, a lot of different things that we've been um, uh, hearing from clients. Probably the first thing is from just kind of a macro level, uh, what I wanted to first do is just find out the pulse in the business community as to how long do they think that this um, current economic downturn is going to last. You know, you have uh, people on TV this weekend, we're talking about 20, 30% potential unemployment. Um, and from a group of business leaders, Granted, it was 100 of them last week that I was in touch with. Um, uh, what, what I had heard was, look, if China went into this in December, and if uh, they're emerging today at 80 to 90% of their previous manufacturing capacity, that's about a three-month time horizon. Maybe ours is longer, maybe it's less, but that's one of the things that um, I'm hearing a lot of um, thought leaders and business leaders say plan, plan for at least three months of disruption. Yeah. Um, I've got clients that are 80% um, off of their revenue. Uh, granted, those are ones that are more tied to hospitality and retail. I've got some that, um, you know, there's, there's no impact. They have some long-term construction contracts. But generally what I'm hearing is, um, you know, 25% off this month, we're expecting 50% off next month. Um, what I'm also uh, just feeling is, you know, uh, prior to this happening, you know, nobody has time. And, you know, people were being stretched, let alone the advent of this being piled on top of business leaders and having to figure out how to deploy workers remotely. So people are feeling overwhelmed and um, there's a lot of confusion on the um, CARE Act uh, that the um, government passed on Friday. Uh, one tidbit of uh, good advice that one of my clients had said is, she said, you know what, focus on one thing to do each week, one big thing, and then focus on one big thing to do every day. I thought that was some real yeah, good, good advice because, yeah. I mean, if you, if, you, if you try to consume all of this at once, um, that'll overwhelm you. A um, couple other themes quickly, just cash is king. You know what, it's a new era. We don't know how long this is gonna last. Protect your cash um, and manage that very closely from you know, tomorrow uh, forward. Um, I've got clients that are you know, out there doing three different types of analyses in terms of what, uh, what this might, how this might impact their business. And for each of those three different uh, assumptions, they're building contingency plans on what, what it is they're gonna do. So. Yeah, and then I've got some some clients that you know all of this is is new. They've been very very busy on other things, and they're you know picking up the paper this morning and seeing that you know what there's some stimulus money that's available, and they want to learn more about that. And Jim, before we get into the details of the CARES Act that we're going to talk about on on the point you were just making, uh, we're we're giving clients advice. Call your customers. Don't don't be silent. Don't 
assume they're going to keep paying the way they are. Don't assume they're not. Reach out, communicate with them, ask them what are the, are their offices still open? Are they still processing invoices? You know, uh, our advice is don't don't be silent on these things. To make sure you're communicating, and you can do the same thing with your vendors and your lenders. You know, how's your bank feeling? Are they gonna are they gonna loosen up maybe some restrictions on your borrowing base where where you can you can keep your line of credit going. And I think the worst thing to do is for a business owner to kind of just pull in and not communicate with those people because the, if, if you do that, the surprises typically aren't very good. Yeah, if I add a couple things to that, Pat. Um, <clears throat> yes, on the customer side, I mean, you have to, if, if you're gonna forecast what your cash is gonna, gonna be, you need to know what's gonna happen with your customers. Um, so, and it's also a, just a wonderful, wonderful time to get in touch with your customers and um, learn what, it, what type of pain, pain they're going through. Maybe there's something that you actually haven't even thought of that you may be able to innovate through those conversations. And then I would agree 100% with what you said on the, the bank side. In my conversations with bankers over the past week, very consistent message from them all. There is absolutely nothing that you could say that would surprise them. Um, they've heard <laughs> everything after one day of being in business after, you know, we uh, had the on onset of this. Great. I, I think that's just important for people to, I think people, I think business owners and entrepreneurs and people get scared. They, they think if I call them and, and, and pose the question about payments, they're going to cut me off. I, that, that's, that's, not, that's not the way to approach it. Communicate with them. And like you say, you may even find where you can help them and, you know, most customers want their vendors to succeed and, and, and you know, thrive and, and do well. So open up those lines of communication. It'll, it'll be good in the end. But I think as we tee up into like what's going to be actionable for them here is this is not going to be a silver bullet that they can just not do anything and then just get a bunch of free money. There's going to have to be some hard work that everybody's got to do on their own while doing this at the same time. And I think to, to kind of put a, a, a bow on what um, you guys both just said is having it, everybody's balance sheets are shrinking, right? So you're going to have to have these conversations anyways, because you're going to have to lean on, everybody's going to have to lean on each other. So having your own plan in place while looking at the, the CARES Act and how that can be a help, because the money's not going to get wired in immediately. And I think that's some of the stuff that we're going to cover here. So with, with that, um, we're going to show on the screen a, a document that Jim and, and the folks at Bergen KDV prepared that's uh, going to show that some of the the attributes and the aspects of each of the acts um, and comparing the Paycheck Protection Program to the uh, Economic Injury Disaster Loan. So with that, Jim, why don't we just start at the top and, and why don't you just start talking about um, what you guys have learned by digging through the document and, and the other work you've done. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <clears throat> so yeah, um, in total, it's $2 trillion um, for the CARE Act. And the piece that I'm going to speak to today deals with 377 billion of that two trillion dollars. It's under the Keeping Americans American Workers Paid and Employment Act. Um, and one of the items that's in that act that's not on this page, I'm going to say it now so I don't forget to say it, is there was uh, it's either 10 billion or 17 billion that was also allocated to the SBA for the SBA to make the next six months. Uh, principal and interest payments on existing SBA loans. So if you have an existing SBA loan uh, with outstanding amounts, um, for sure contact your SBA lender because um, our understanding is that your next three months, next six months will be picked up uh, by the SBA through the monies that were uh, earmarked for that portion of this program. And that's, that's just not a deferral of those payments. They're going to make those payments for um, you. That's a great question, Pat. <laughs> yeah, the finance, finance guy got all over that one. Um, my under, our firm's understanding is they're going to make the next six and it'll be a deferral in some fashion. I don't know how they will mechanically make that happen, but I, okay. I don't believe that that's a uh, giveaway, forgiveness. Okay. forgiveness. Thank you, Ryan. Like the PPP program has a forgiveness provision. Great. So for those um, who are watching, PPP program is a pay paycheck protection program. Jen's been living this for the last <laughs> last couple of weeks. So he, when talking to him, he'll slip into calling it the PPP. So I just want everybody to understand what he's talking about. 
Thank you, Pat. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna compare um, two programs um, under under this, and um, so it's the Paycheck Protection Program and the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. So PPP and the uh, EIDL. So they're both administered by the SBA, and generally, if you have 500 or fewer employees, you qualify. Um, there are, I did see on the SBA website that they do have some provisions where they've deemed some industries small, where they may have more than 500 employees. So just because you don't have, just because you have more than 500, um, don't rule out that you may not qualify. Go to the SBA website and poke around for your NAICS code. Um, Self-employed individuals are also um, uh, considered and certain nonprofits. So under the Paycheck Protection Program, <clears throat> there you will use an authorized SBA 7A lender to help you apply for the loan and ultimately for the debt forgiveness under the loan. Uh, that'll be a bank, uh, credit union, and other uh, approved SBA loan processors. Um, and if you have trouble finding them, um, I'll share these slides with Ryan and Pat. You can also uh, see we wrote down how you could also reach out to um, uh, agencies that could help you find an SBA lender. And not all um, SBA lenders are created equal, right? I mean, I think some of them are very, you know, very skilled at doing this and some of them are probably just, you know, dabble in it. I mean, any, any, any words of wisdom on how to, how to vet out one of the lenders? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's uh, that's a, a good point. There are, it, it's all over the map. We're already seeing, uh, even though the banks don't have the final ruling on how they're going to, uh, the SBA is going to ask them to process some of this and the systems are going to set up. We're hearing different things from different clients that have gone to the banks already. Some of the banks have said, you know what, you have to have, you know, the last um, two, three years of monthly payroll information. Other banks have said, you know what, give us the annual, we'll average it for you. So uh, right there, you already have uh, different interpretations. <laughs> yeah. And that, yeah. that gets to some of the guidance is yet to come out for, for right, regulations right. for this. And it, that'll put a finer point on it. But the overall thrust of the plan is what we're going to go over today. You know, the yeah. high level aspects of it. Right. And these, I mean, these, these uh, bankers are, are busy. They're... Um, you know, Ryan, you had mentioned at the start of the meeting, um, and I, I actually today went on the SBA website, just to, out of curiosity, I wanted to see how many billions of dollars of SBA loans have they done in the past. I found a press release that was dated in 2017. They were proud of the fact that at that point in time, they did 30 billion of loans. <laughs> and now we're talking about 350 billion um, with economic crisis, with people working remotely, including bankers, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're likely not as efficient as they once were. So this is going to really uh, uh, be a task at hand for everybody to, to be able to get this money deployed. So you'll need some patience going through this process as well. Yeah. But I, I would, my advice would be this. Um, one of my first calls that um, I would be making if I, I were, um, in your audience is I would talk to my bank. I would make sure that they know I'm alive. They would make sure that they know that, you know what, um, I myself and my leadership team are addressing this. You know, we don't have it all figured out as to what it is that we're gonna do, uh, but we're on it. Um, also, I would ask them um, for a date when I could get on their calendar and, you know, we could start the process of getting the information to them so I could get uh, approved for the Paycheck Protect Protection Program. Because um, there is there is a, I saw another article, it was in an architectural website that I was poking around on, and um, it said there's 690,000 businesses that are going to get some form of aid. And, um, you know, $350 billion is a lot, but, you know, if they start consuming them in one to 3,000 or 3 million, 1 million to 3 million chunks, it's not going to be there forever. So um, it's really important for everybody to go up and uh, apply. So then what kind of loan amounts are we talking about then? Yeah. So um, I'm going to get that in just a second, Ryan. So on the paycheck protection program, um, you got to, you have to use an intermediary to help you get to the amount that you qualify for and to process the loan. 
On the far right of the slide that you have here, the economic injury disaster mm -hmm. loan, the EIDL loan, you do that yourself. Um, certainly you could have your CFO, your accountant, or hire somebody to do it. Uh, no SBA lender is involved. I've got some clients that have gone on and they've, um, in as little as a, a day's elapsed time, they've been able to get on and file and get all the paperwork in. I've got others that, you know, if they're not as organized, you know, it can take three to, three to seven elapsed days. Uh, the site has been crashing. So a tip for you, I uh, was told by somebody that if you use Microsoft Edge, you'll have a better chance of having it not crash, not Google <laughs> Chrome or Firefox, which is actually the inverse, but usually they send me to Chrome first. Um, I've got some clients that are setting their alarm late at night so that they can get up and, and get on and fill out the, the information. Even if you can't get in to, to submit it, you can download all the forms and you can work on the forms at your leisure. So that's how to apply. Uh, next item is to Ryan's question of what's the loan amount? So under the PPP program, now that I have you, you guys have heard me enough, uh, Pat, I'm gonna to start to use acronyms. There you go, that's, that's fine. <laughs> everybody, know, everybody knows now. <laughs> Middle column. Um, so 10 million is the max. And the very rough way to estimate what you might get and, and recognize you're gonna submit your information to the bank to submit it within the SBA system to be able to turn out what the actual amount is that you qualify for. A very broad brush, 2.5 times your average monthly payments for payroll, okay? 2.5 times average payroll will yield how much you qualify for, all right? Um, and that's, uh, I'll, I'll explain that uh, why 2.5 in a moment. Plus, and here's something where there's inconsistency in practice. Um, our firm is of the belief that if you have the economic injury uh, disaster loan, the idle loan on the far right, you can roll, you apply for both, and if you're awarded both, you could roll the one into the other, okay? Um, stay tuned on that. I'm pretty sure we'll get further guidance on it. Um, so that would determine how much you can take out in terms of the loan amount. It doesn't mean you have to take the full amount out. Um, and by the way, there are no prepayment penalties under either of these loans, okay? Now I'm gonna go to the idle loan. So in the far right column, under for Jim, loan amount. Jim, before, before you go there, on the, the PPP, it says payroll. Is there a, and you've got in your, in your document here on the screen, as defined. Yeah. Is, is that worth mentioning how, what, your, what your interpretation is of that at the current moment? Uh, there's a checklist of the things that go into it, uh, but it's, it's the things you'd expect, you know, salaries and wages um, of employees insurance payments uh, or, or benefits and the like. The things that are a, a little bit tricky are- um, I, wanted to just, I just want to clarify that point. It does include benefits. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Comp plans and bonuses must be difficult. 401k retirement payments. Yes, Ryan, exactly. What do, we, what do you do with like bonuses? What do you do with commission salespeople? Okay. Um, how do you-, how do you uh, what, what numbers should you be using? So expect that there will be more guidance on that. The other thing that's getting a lot of conversation, and once again, there's, there's uh, people interpreting it this, this differently. Um, our interpretation of, uh, there's a $100,000 limit for an employee as to how much you can include to multiply by the 2.5. So what that means is um, we're of the belief that every employee counts and if their compensation is over 100,000, you'll count that employee's compensation in the total at 100,000. Any excess is excluded. There are some, and I've seen some uh, information out there where they're actually excluding that employee entirely, which I'm not sure if that's um, the substance of what it is that the um, government was looking to do. Well, why two and a half times? Two and a half times. Um, 
Great question. So what that'll um, uh, help us as we, as we get to the, the use of the loan proceeds. So um, what the government wanted to do is make sure you had enough money so that you didn't have to lay off people. And they're giving um, eight weeks um, worth of credit. We'll go over that in a moment. But two and a half times here would cover your payroll. Plus, if you look, there's three, four other items that uh, you can use the loan proceeds for. One is the, the benefits, um, including uh, leaves, interest payments on mortgage obligations, rent and lease payments, and utility payments. So those are the items that you could use the PPP, pro, or PPP, no, three P's. <laughs> the PPP, by, by the time I'm done with this, Pat, I'm gonna call it three P, uh, to there make it even simpler for me. P cubed. <laughs> P cubed. <laughs> yeah. um, and then for the idle loan program, same in terms of maintaining payroll, but here's where there, it, there's some differences, okay? Um, over here, you can also use it to cover the costs of disruptions in your supply chain, where you got increased material costs, um, rent and mortgage payments, and number four is a real gray area. It'll drive a lot of accountants or people that are really- uh, Oh my gosh, is that a catch exact. <laughs> Yeah, this is, yeah, repaying obligations that cannot be met due to revenue loss. <laughs> So good luck uh, finding uh, an exact number on that one. And also, I think we may have got you out of order here on the, for the loan amount for the idle, it's $2 million is capped, right? Yeah, sorry about that. Um, no, I think- Capped at two. And there's, there, um, there, there needs to be more guidance as to how they're gonna come up with the exact amount. Because when you look at even the last item, there, Pat, it says loan amount will be based on actual economic injury and company financial needs. Uh, once again, how do you determine that amount? And that's a distinction from the PPP where it's more of just a mathematical calculation. You don't have to prove some injury or, or, or damage. Right. I was just going to say like, I mean, and I don't know if we covered this at the very beginning, but like, you know, the the per, the reason that there's two and why you should why you, and you because you can submit for both right because they're they're solving different problems maybe I don't know if I just you know was too thick headed and missed that or you can apply for both um, however there is um, later on you'll see in the document that you have up you um, you will make a representation of the government that you're only using one of their programs for for your aid and you're not okay. double dipping. Got it. And, and that's, that's why, why you said you could roll that one into the other one. That's our belief. And yep, um, certainly I'm, I'm sure there definitely will be more guidance on that. Okay. Um, so anything else there, Jim, on the use of the loan proceeds? Or I think you covered those, but wanted to make sure. Yeah. If, okay. This is, the, this is the biggie coming up here. <laughs> yeah, this is, um, you know, so what I had made mention of earlier is there's forgiveness with the, the PPP program. And so the amount of forgiveness is um, generally going to be the eight weeks of payroll plus payments, that you, interest payments that you're making on mortgages, your rent payments, and utility payments for any of those that were in existence on February 15th of 2020. Um, again, excluding in our, our belief any payments on an annualized basis for an individual that's earning more than 100,000, you'd back it down to the 100,000 level. And so and here's that, why- and that's, here's, that's forgiveness, that's not deferral of the amount or- No, that's, that's that is, that's, yep. So if, if what else- If you keep those employees- Yeah, there's- um, That obligation will go away. Yeah, so, um, the reason why I, we believe the SBA has an intermediary on this is because then the bank, um, you're gonna come back at some point in time after you've incurred these expenses and go to your bank to substantiate how much you've spent so then they can forgive um, uh, those, the, the, that amount and reset your loan document, okay? You should know that the forgiveness of that debt is non-taxable, okay? Um, 
that's that's, that's huge a huge benefit well yeah. then and and now you might be covering this later too jim but the you know the the speed to what people get this because i mean we're obviously already six weeks into this if they're looking at february 15th as a cutoff you know the speed to get the payments and then also like you know, validating that this is a forgiveness. I mean, there's a lot of ambiguity in how that all shakes out too. I mean, there's going that's why tracking all this stuff in your data is going to be huge because otherwise, I mean, you can be stuck in the, the crosshairs of the stuff. Yeah. I um, was just on a call with a group of business leaders uh, across the U S and there was a CFO on there that said, you know, and I, I think I'm going to set up a separate, separate bank account to pay all this stuff out of. So I, I keep it straight. <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> um, and I, I see there for the economic injury disaster loan program, there is no forgiveness. That's not a provision that's applicable to that program. There's not. So then let's take, take you down as to, you know, once you apply and you've got both of these you're looking at, I mean, there is a decision that, that uh, you need to make. The interest rate in the term is different. The, well, the interest rate's pretty close. They're 4% for the PPP and 3.75 for the idle. Um, but under PPP, um, and they've chosen these words, uh, so it says up to or it won't exceed 10 years. So um, I'm assuming, well, I, I shouldn't assume. It's up to 10 years. And on the idle program, though, that's up to 30 years. Okay. Um, so let me just go back on the PPP program. So let's say um, you, bought, you took out the max that they would allow, 2.5 times your payroll, and you didn't extinguish that at the end of that eight-week period, okay, which starts with your loan origination date. You'd be left with a balance that's left, okay, that you could repay without prepayment penalty or you could roll that remaining net balance in that 4% over a, a note term of up to 10 years. Um, there's also some emergency assistance that's available under the idle program. And I had to read this a couple times to make sure that uh, I got it right and I validated it with um, a few of the others that were with me this weekend doing some um, heavy reading. Um, under the idle program, um, you, you can qualify generally for up to $10,000 to be received within three days of your application. Um, and it says this in the CARE Act, the recipient is not required to repay any of that grant money, hmm. whether you're approved or you're, you're uh, not approved. Interesting. So let me ask a general question and, and tell me if I've captured this. I'm, I'm kind of going back to the rate and the term. If I'm, an, if I'm a business owner and I think in eight weeks I'm going to get through this and I'm going to be able to retain my employees and that's what I'm going to spend my money on, I might want to pick the PPP because I'm going to get that, that loan forgiven and there's no tax. But if by chance I can't and I can't spend that money and I have a loan balance, I'm trading a shorter term that I have to pay it back up to 10 years, where if I went with the idle program, I would have 30 years to pay that back. Is that kind of the trade-off that we're looking at between these programs? Yeah, with one, um, one thing that we need to get um, guidance from the SBA on, which is if in fact, when I started the conversation, if we're right, if you can roll idle into this, then you can have your cake and eat it too. Uh, but, but it is, Pat, to your point, it would be at a 10-year term versus if you left it in idle, it'd be a 30-year term. Right. If I ended up with a loan balance in the end of $400,000, I'm making up a number. And yeah. with PPP, I'd have to pay it back over 10 years with interest and under idle, I could have stretched that out for 30. So that's but you remember, you've got debt forgiveness too. You'd have to consider that into your- Right, I was uh, saying after the debt forgiveness, after yeah. if I wasn't able to use it all, after, at the end of the day, if I, had a, if I had a balance under PPP, I would have to pay it off over 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Um, some other things, uh, the government <clears throat> is um, one, the government's guaranteeing 
this debt at 100%. So no risk to the banks. The government is paying the banks uh, loan processing fees. I think it's, uh, I might be off, but I think it's 5% mm. to 500,000. Then it goes to three to 2 million and then 1% above 2 million. Um, so there's incentive uh, for the bank. They want to make sure that the, that the banks, banks want to do this. Yeah, we got, they, they want this money deployed and, and working and, and in yep. business owners' hands and keep people um, from not being laid off. Um, and so it doesn't bring our economy down worse. The other thing that I, I um, want to make mention of here is um, also the repayment period on these loans can start for sure six months out. And it also says possibly up to 12 months. Um, no personal guarantee on the PPP program. On the EIDL program, the personal guarantee on loans for the first 200,000 are waived. Above that, that's, there still would be personal guarantees. I talked to you about the certification that would need to be made. Um, so when you're done under the PPP program, you'd have to certify that, you know what, you're using this, you're gonna use this money for the intended use and that you're not uh, double dipping and you've got money over on the idle program that's essentially giving you the same benefit of what it is that you're getting loaned on the PPP program. Then I also identified for you some of the information that the, the banks are gonna want under the PPP program. There's eight different items and three items over on the idle program. That's not to say that there's not more than that. These are the, the main things that you need to be prepared to get together and um, provide. You want to just kind of, for the people that are listening, just kind of give an overview of the eight that are on the PPP and the three that are on the idle. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot we're going to do a podcast too. Um, so one, uh, personal financial statements. Um, two, business financial statements. Three, your ownership information, how the business is owned. Four, licenses. Five, loans. Six, personal and business tax returns, seven, personal resume or your background, and then eight, history of the business. And then over on the idle side, um, three items over there, uh, personal financial statements, business financial statements, and personal and business tax returns. Some stuff to get together. I mean, it's going to be some work for some people that have never put together a resume. <laughs> and I mean, there's, there's, there's some, there's some lift, heavy lifting that needs to be done, but this is stuff that, you know, they, I suggest people get people on their team to, to put this stuff together because it's, start, it's worth it. Start now. Start now. <laughs> so yeah, start now. And by the way, this is a, this might seem a little ridiculous to even say this, but um, LinkedIn, if there's people listening in, LinkedIn has the ability to print to a PDF your resume. And I don't know if the banks will accept that. So if you kind of even have a parallel, you know, if you're paralyzed, you haven't had ever had one, um, there's an easy way to do that. So Jim, th these are significant programs designed, at least in the PPP, to get you through eight weeks, almost two months um, of, of being able to keep your, pay, keep your people on, on the payroll so that you don't, you know, uh, and we're not going to talk about it now, but there are, there are enhanced unemployment benefits for people. So people could go on unemployment and, and get, in many, many cases, substantially their, 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 their total pay. But then you've lost your employees. When, when, when the, the, the medical virus issue gets resolved and we get back to business, the worst of all worlds is, you don't have your employees and now you're starting over your training, you're, you're doing all those things. So it, that's kind of the motivation of this PPP is to try and keep people, the employees connected to the employer. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, there's uh, you know, the, the amount of money here, um, you know, there's never been a time uh, that the government has um, done any sort of such bailout, including after war periods. Um, so, and there never will be an easier time for people to get access to uh, monies. I mean, certainly everybody needs it, um, but you know, biggest message I think uh, would be if you haven't started on this, um, gosh, it should be number one priority over the next week. Um, and just get it 
get it to the point where you're you're ready to apply or you've applied and then you know wait and see how long it's going to take for the government to uh, process some of these so I'll leave it. I'll leave uh, both of you guys with a question. If I'm, you know, the an entrepreneur listening, and I've got cash flow issues, but I also want money, right? So I'm juggling my time at the same time. So, like, what are we? You know, what is the timing of this kind of stuff to get in the funds wired to to the account? You know, versus the 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 hurdle of trying to accomplish this. How do you, how do you juggle the time and the the, the cash and the cash flow? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what I heard from a couple bankers. Um, today was, you know, it's probably going to take three weeks. Um, you know, maybe it's sooner, maybe it's going to take longer. And so message to, uh, to all is, gosh, um, cash is king, preserve every dollar, you know, as if it's your last dollar. And it, you got to weather the storm until you know how much you're going to get. And that'll also give you an idea as to how how to keep planning for this downturn. Um, I don't know, I've, I've asked a couple bankers to pose this question. You know, um, basically if you could look at a, a company's payroll and you can multiply by two and a half and you have a pretty good idea as to how much they're gonna get. For someone who's really, really in trouble right now and they're, they're either considering shutting down because they don't have the cash to actually make the next payroll, couldn't you float them with um, the, the right to the two and a half times their payroll when it comes through. And um, both of them said it's something that uh, they're gonna have conversations about. Um, if, if you are- Communicating with your, with your lender and talking to them about what, yeah. you know, if well, you're, and hopefully, or if they understand your business grade or explain to them your business, why you think you're gonna come out of this on the other side, you know, as long as you can hold on on, you know, to get to the other side, then it's a, it's, it's a good loan on their part. Yeah. Um, I mean, another thing to, um, this is, this is my opinion. I, I'm not sure if they're like the banks as they get requests in from clients to do the PPP program, if they're taking them on like a FIFO basis, uh, first in first out, but I, I, they're human beings. If they've got a client that isn't, really seriously serious trouble, I would think they would prioritize them. So make it be known that you really need this so they can at least get you processed and get you into the queue to get your uh, uh, PPP monies quicker. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, Jim talks about cash is king. If you're in business still, you've got to keep the cash flow cycle going. You're trying to get money from your customers. You're having to pay your vendors to keep getting new raw material or whatever it is you might need. So, you know, understanding how your cash is flowing is, is critical and doing a cash projection is critical. I'm going to give Bergen Katie the plug and us at Arcona. We can, we have resources to help you do that. If you, if you need some help doing it, reach out and we can, we can do that because getting a clear view of what you think your cash flow is going to look like over the next quarter is, is, probably one of the more essential elements that you need to have in place as you go forward. And I'll just leave it too with, uh, you know, as the, the entrepreneurs are listening, you, you're the, you're, you should be the one having the conversations with the lenders, with the customers, with the suppliers and everything like that. Get the other people to have these conversations or to get the data and to be filing this stuff for you, right? You can't do it all. So making sure that you're the face and I mean, it works. I've been through it. You know, your word is what got you to where you are. So making sure that you're, you're, you're filling the right roles and you're hiring the other people to do the other, the other spots. Jim, if we were to kind of leave people with, you know, how to make this actionable, what, what would you, what would you leave everybody with? Yeah. Um, first thing is um, <clears throat> apply for these. Um, go do, go do research on it. I can send to you, Ryan and Pat, uh, a link to some of the various resources that I use just to keep everything organized for myself. So familiarize yourself with that. Set a goal as to when you want to have um, your, your applications in. Um, also, uh, find community. So find community with Pat and Ryan. Find community with other business owners. 
one thing that I've learned um, over the last week is everybody's in the same boat. This is this has had the effect of just leveling everything. It's a it's a new day for all of us. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that um, are in the same boat. Um, you know, we live in the Minnesota area. For those of you that are in Minnesota, this is just a wonderful state to be in from a business standpoint. So many people want to help other people. And so even if um, your community is somebody that's already been through it and they've already applied, you know, they want to give back. They want to help other people. And the one thing that I hope that just remains after all of this is done is this whole spirit of just, you know, uh, going above and beyond uh, to help one another these days uh, and, you know, letting differences sit by the, the side and um, just, just being good human beings. Um, so, you know, that's my, that's my final hope. When you've done your duty by sifting through an 800-page document to boil it down to two pages. So for the people listening in, you can, you can do the extra, the extra mile to, to get everything submitted. So I appreciate all the hard work you and uh, your firm have been doing, Jim. Appreciate it a lot. Yeah, thank you for that. We got a lot of great people over at the firm that helped. Uh, to, to your point, it wasn't wasn't me doing doing all this. I did a little, little bit, but uh, yeah, we got a great got a lot of great good people over there that helped. Get and these programs, the the guidance and the the requirements regulations are going to keep rolling out. So you just got to get started and make the applications. And whoever you're dealing with, the SBA or the bankers, they'll, they'll just keep you know if something changes, they'll let you know, and you, you just got to adapt and keep moving. Yep, Jim, we'll be, we can't we can't thank you enough for your time today and your your insights and and we really we really do appreciate it. Well, a couple of big takeaways: get your stuff in order, put a deadline in that you want to march towards to submit your application. Reach out to us at Arcona or Jim at Bergen KDV. We're willing to work together, willing to help you. And once you get this submitted, now let's get down and let's roll up our sleeves. Let's build the 13 week cash flow statement. Let's build our 90 day defensive plan, and then figure out how we're going to get out of this intentionally to grow the value of the company so you can capitalize on the different opportunities that are going to rise. Check out the link that this podcast is tied to. The webinar is there. The cheat sheets are there. The different CARES Act links and resources are there. There's going to be a link to schedule a call with us if you want to have a conversation. And then we'll be adding information about the 13-week cash flow module. Text 66866. Text the word intentional if you want more information on the status of the different trainings that are coming out. Next week, we have Jeff Sands on the podcast, which is the U.S. top turnaround consultant. He's going to be sharing what battle tactics you need if you're in trouble with cash and you need to generate it fast. I hope you have a good week and thanks for tuning in.